Welcome to Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Saventi. Yo! Yo! Good evening, good morning, welcome to Verging on Greatness. This is a podcast where me, Mike, and my friend Craig, hi Craig. Hi! We talk about movies that are nearly there, but not quite. They're close to great, you walk out and they think, man, that was a great movie but something about it just wasn't quite there and we're trying to figure yeah, that out that whole third act was a bit weird what try, went wrong yeah try and figure out what went what what went wrong with them. what would you change what would you do differently now this is a bit of a special mini pod we're not going to do mini a full pod. episode we don't have a full don't have a full movie for you here we just thought it's the end of the year it's coming up on christmas uh, what a nice time to do uh, a little bit of a wrap-up on some of the movies we're seeing this year some of the stuff we've liked some of the stuff we've disliked and give you a little bit of a give you a little bit of a preview of some of the movies that we've got on our list for 2020 uh we've been doing this for uh, 20 i think 21 is this 22 episode 22 22 we're, 23 we're into, yeah. the, we're into the 20s anyway yeah, we, and we, we, we've been doing this for more than a year yeah there you go yeah we, we never really we never really knew this was going to get this far um and so it's it's nice to take a moment to to reflect and go hey cool good job good job craig yeah, good job mike and uh good job listener the uh eight or nine of you who regularly <laughs> tune into this and the uh the occasional bot that's forced to sit there and listen to us uh, oh. 30 times in a row thank you bot Bless you're you very bots. kind now uh, you um, bots you're the best so we've got we've got a lot of movies um, on our list. Uh, a lot of them supplied by Craig. To be <laughs> fair, um, I don't Craig. I watch a, a far fewer movies than Craig does on the count of I have children and Craig doesn't. Um, and but I got, have a PlayStation, so that's <laughs> just as needy, and it needs lots of attention. We've com- we've compared our lists. Um, there's one movie on both of our lists, um, so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with that one, and then it's gonna we're gonna get a little bit uh, lopsided. Craig's gonna talk about a few, and then I'm gonna talk about some, uh, and then uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. So, movie that we've both actually seen this year is Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four, and I was just gonna say before we get stuck into it, it's actually not a shit movie. It's really good. Uh, Hey, it's it's the opposite of a shit movie. It is. This is a great awesome. movie. And after yeah. after uh, I, I rewatched one, two, and three before I went and saw Toy Story four. Thinking, oh wow! Thinking, man, these these movies are all the bomb. There is no way they can keep it up for a fourth. I thought I thought the same as I thought when I watched the third. I thought one and two both great. There's no way they can keep it up for three. Three took Absolutely. it up a notch, and four's done it again. Um, it's just outstanding. Yeah, I, I've got to say, like, when they first... I think I saw Toy Story in the cinema. Like, for me, it was a novelty, this whole computer-generated or computer completely computer-animated film. Uh, like, that was the original draw because I was a computer yeah. nerd. So, um, But for them to keep consistently, just thematically, script-wise, film production-wise, keep knocking it out of the park. Like, one time's a fluke two times is just maybe good luck but now four times just ratcheting it up every film is it the same it. is it the same people who work on them every time we should have researched this before so it's john this. it's john lasseter and andrew yeah. stanton um so it's the core pixar crowd um but i think the film the director of this one is different from the last ones i think 
I can't remember if Brad Bird was involved in the first two. There was another guy who um, who was at Pixar, who's one of the original crew, who turned out to be a bit of douchebag. Mm. Um, he he he's been removed, but John Lasseter and Andrew Stanton uh, they've been around since day dot. I think so. Mm. The the director of this one is not the one who's done the last couple, and Brad Bird is is. Um, doing film well brad bird's the guy behind the incredibles Incredibles. yeah Yeah. he's also he also did one of the mission impossibles one of the better ones i think mission impossible 4 i I think what i like so much about toy story the the franchise is that they're they're all about the same thing and they always come at it from different ways and find something fresh to say it's find something fresh about it it's and it's you know it's it's about um parenting it's about taking Mm. taking care of something that is vulnerable and yeah and, and looking after it and becoming a how you, the, that attachment that forms as the as the the parent and as the child and how the other the other things that come in and and challenge that uh, but but how it it, it it always overcomes and it's always it's, it's always a strong that is that strong strength of the bond that that creates mm. and mm. that so they that they tug at the heartstrings incredibly well um you know when they they are the, they often touch on the moment when that bond is forced to be broken they that when they're, they're pulled apart um and they always do it they always find a way to do it in a way that is um enjoyable and and not corny and tight and, and resonating sure with um with toy story 4 in particular i just love that whole idea that the toys are now free and out in the world bo peep is this this really strong independent character she doesn't really need anything but you know she would love woody to join her on her adventures yeah um i i love um 2019 was the keanu reeves renaissance the yeah the keanu sons could say like he was in everything in 20 2019 he was i think he was 2019's mvp um and uh he he comes out as uh duke kaboom the the canadian stunt driver or a stunt (laughs) (laughs) he was great duke kaboom um yeah these films are fantastic yeah and i can i can i can see how they got there with with bo peeper you can see you can kind of trace the way they've evolved where you know toy story toy story one was it was it was very boys it was a boys film yeah um the main child was a boy the main toys were boys um and then the girls toys were over in the girls toys in the girls room literally and then uh toy story 2 we introduced i remember this is a weird bit of trivia um so in the first film they tried to get um bar the mattel who owns the the license to to barbie and to gi joe they tried to get mattel on board to let them use some of their licensing so that they could have gi joe and barbie in the film um and mattel was just like absolutely not this is not on our brand um we we don't want you to abuse our brand no the answer is no um huge hit um was excellent obviously and then the whoever was in charge at mattel um (laughs) in charge of that licensing was just like you said no to that um (laughs) are you out of your mind uh so in the second one you have that whole bit with the barbies and the pink yeah. cars and stuff and uh in the third one you actually have they they ratcheted up a notch further uh, further so you have that whole barbie and the ken doll with the, yeah. with the wardrobe like that's 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 amazing barbie's yeah um, barbie's genuinely influential in the story of the third she doesn't really appear in the fourth but then it's it's oh, she, 
it's more about Bo, Bo Peep comes in and is the genuinely strong, not only a, not only the strong female character. She is she's stronger than any of the male characters. She's she is more, yeah. She's the the queen badass yeah toy uh and and, it's, and she's voiced by annie potts i love it when annie potts turns up and stuff friend of the <laughs> podcast annie potts she is amazing yeah. um if you don't know who annie potts is from just by saying the name like a dozen times uh she is um janine the receptionist in ghostbusters mm. um and she's uh she's also in another film that we did pretty impact she's the older friend of uh the 80s girl that was in a bunch of john hughes films molly ringwald molly ringwald she's molly ringwald's weirder older friend who lives in chinatown so that's toy story 4 um now you want to talk about some comic book movies oh yeah there's a whole a bunch few of to those, talk about so, a few of those came out so, yeah oh a bunch so i mean we had the mcu films um i i only saw one of the disney ones which was joker um yep. uh, disney uh, DC, dc ones uh so I, I i don't think you could wrap up 2019 without saying endgame is something that happened avengers endgame so the culmination of the uh 20 20 plus films that um made up the mcu um it was the closing out of the the, the tony stark um robert downey jr storyline and it was the 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 culmination of the avengers films so the fourth avengers film but the the third is split into two parts mm. um an, an amazing accomplishment in terms of cinema to have 20 plus films loosely connected all building towards a final showdown with a with an ultimate villain in, in the shape of thanos mm. um joe and anthony russo the guys largely responsible for community stick the sci-fi time traveling extravaganza they stick the landing on that really well um and do so in a way that ties out all the loose story threads i guess or brings them all together into some cohesive action beat it's an amazing effort i don't know how you even sit down to plot something like that out um kevin feige the the producer at marvel um disney who who now just must have a house built out of platinum um and just meet must feed his kids wads of cash because he's just rolling in it now so he's done an amazing job um, and, and I, you can you can hate on Disney for owning pretty much every studio in, in Hollywood now, but they they did something quite remarkable, and I think they'll continue to do things that are quite remarkable into the future. But yeah, Avengers Endgame, I, there's there's bits of that towards the end. We might talk about it at a later date because arguably the first of those two films um, is the better film but we might end up talking about it at a later date because there infinity, are problems infinity there. war right the infinity war that's the yeah third. that's right yeah yeah the third um you'd have to watch a lot of films to catch up mike so you know you may I, as well start now I, um, <laughs> but um I, I, I was doing a pub quiz and it said which was what's the most um highest grossing cinema franchise in history and i i thought it must be star wars it has to be star wars but after after talking about it with um with the the people in my team we realized no mcu would mcu would top that easy yeah Yeah. because i mean just the three films that came out this year so um you had captain marvel spider-man far from home and um avengers endgame i think two of those three films grossed over a billion dollars worldwide um <laughs> two of them and i think captain marvel was fucking close third yeah. place um so um and then so joker you have to talk a little bit about as well so that's the now the highest grossing r-rated film in history 
Um, what about, and it was made what on that a, be? What was what was winning that? Oh that? gosh, what would it have been? It would have been something like it would have been like a um, it would have been a comedy. It would have been something like The Hangover or something like that. Hmm. I can't remember. Oh, it might have been Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool might be the highest rating R-rated film in history L- until. Let me look it up. I'll talk. You talk. Okay. I'll look it up. So. Joker is an interesting film. Um, obviously, Todd Phillips and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. So Joaquin Phoenix is the meat in the sandwich. He is. It's a. It's a. It's a brother performance. He he is really good in it. He is both weird and creepy and and sympathetic all at the same time. Um, does that fit with a Joker character? Because I've read a bit of Batman comics, so. He's not the Joker I'm expecting from the book. For me, as a Joker character, I, I need it to be a little bit smart. So, mm. But he is not a smart character. Things happen to him, and then he evolves into this um, pathological killer type thing. But the film itself has flaws for me. So uh, There's a lot of criticism online for it as well, and I, I try not to read too much online about stuff. It just You just get toxic really quickly, and there's a lot of toxic fandom around all of these films um but with joker in particular um i have some issues with it and they ultimately set up this sympathetic character who then takes revenge on people in his life who have wronged him and so there are a number of killings in the film yeah and it's this i can understand where some of the the criticism of this film started with the with like this is a white guy who's pushed beyond and he snaps back at society and kills a few people um, and so there were plenty of people when this movie was coming out going, well, this is really just going to encourage sort of white, ne- that sort of Trump fanboy yeah. sort of we're pushed beyond. I could get where they were going with that. However, I don't think it's quite like that, but I, I don't think that's really something you need to be worried about. I would like to see how Batman would work in this universe. It's so super grounded. It's like some 70s throwback film. And Todd Phillips is clearly trying to make Taxi Driver and with a bit of mm. King of Comedy in there as well. He's clearly writing a love letter to Scorsese, uh, Scorsese um, to Martin. Um, and he clearly is trying to do that, but he, he doesn't quite stick it as well as I think he could have. Anyway, I would, I would kind of like to see more movies, comic movies made like this. Mm. I just think Joker is an interesting one in that it seems like a revenge story first and foremost, and then they just called it Joker and changed a couple character names, and then now you've got a movie about the villain Joker. Right. Eh. Like, it didn't even really need to be about the Joker. It was just a revenge story. Yeah, you could have... Like, I, to be fair, I think someone started this film as like, oh, I want to make a taxi driver, but about a comedian yeah. that, that snaps. And then someone later came along, you know, with a little bit of tweaking. This is a Joker movie. And then someone went, cool, let's do that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not what happened, but it made over a billion dollars and it cost 65 million to make. So from a business point of view, which let's be honest, all of cinema is, this is just bank. How do you, how do you not do this again? Um, You're you're quite right. Deadpool and Deadpool 2 were were the the top rating. um, Yeah top earning r-rated movies and i I just kind of hope i said the same thing about deadpool and logan so logan was uh, marvel's r-rated superhero film but that won't happen now because um, that was fox doing that and so now fox is owned by disney Mm. so i don't think you're going to see an r-rated disney marvel film again my only takeaway from this is i hope that they don't go then everything needs to be r-rated so we need to have an r-rated batman 
I, I don't think you need an R-rated Batman. Hmm. I don't think you need an R-rated Spider-Man film. Or, or uh, I don't think you need an R-rated Venom movie to be a, a Venom movie, which is probably what they're going to do. Um, it's appropriate for that character for it to be that content. Anyway, yeah. moving forward. So um, uh, from one end of the spectrum in terms of publicity to the other and kind of scale... Um, uh, I want to talk about my uh, favorite movie that I saw this year and it was right at the beginning of the year it actually came out in 2018 uh, it's called Thunder Road so it's an American indie movie um, it's micro budget so uh, it was about 200 grand to make uh, it was, and it was it was done from a Kickstarter based on a short film the short film is essentially just seriously yeah short film is essentially just the opening becomes the opening scene in the feature movie um, and it's about a guy who is, he's a cop, he's a um, young guy, he's about 30, early 30s, okay. he's okay. a cop and his, his, his mum has just died and it's, it's a, the opening scene is he's at his mum's funeral and he's trying to, trying to honour her but he can't find a way to do it, he's, he's too overcome emotionally and she, she was a dance teacher and so he decides he's going to try and do a dance but he can't dance. Um, and he can't get the he can't get the music to play properly. He's using an old CD player, and he can't get the music to play properly. And it's all it's it's kind of it, it throws back to kind of the the office that awkward, uncomfortable humor of of someone who is out of their depth who is trying to do something that they simply can't do, and the situation is very very awkward and uncomfortable, but also yeah. quite also quite funny. And the whole movie kind of strings out from that and, and plays on that. But it becomes, the longer it goes on, the more you warm to this guy. And he, he becomes very endearing, the challenges that he challenges that he faces. And as he tries to, as he tries to hold his life together. So his mum has just died. He also is going through a divorce um, from his from his wife. And they have a, they have a daughter challenges in his family life and he's a cop and that throws up all of the normal challenges around your mental well-being that he has to face and and he's it's it's a real it's a kind of a bit of a character study kind of becoming more and more unhinged it's okay it's a little bit i i i hate doing this when it's a like x crossed with y but it's okay. it's somewhere between forrest gump oh i've got the name of it michael douglas yes um basic instinct no losing losing the plot oh falling down falling down thank <laughs> you thank you craig it's it's a tragic comedy so it's it's very okay. very funny but it's also very very sad and it's excellently okay. done and almost the entire thing is done by the lead actor he is also the director i was gonna say it's also yeah. the writer he, he he's, i think he's the sound guy like he does it's yeah it's, his name features pretty prominently in the credits i was just looking at yeah, it on imdb yeah it's, it's as, as close to a one-man film as as you can get near to nowadays um micro right. budget um and and fantastic film R- completely recommend watching it yeah it's described as a comedy drama on imdb yeah. and it gets a solid 7.1 stars so that's interesting i see here that he's um jim cummings is the name of the guy and um he's got a film coming out next year called werewolf so oh, wow. that's interesting yeah um, some post-production so if I can drop one more one more recommendation as well, it's not a no, sc- you cannot. It's, it's not a scripted movie, um, but I, I cannot recommend Apollo Eleven enough. Uh, oh, it's you're the, talking it, to my heart here. Yeah, it's a, a documentary of um, actual footage, actual audio from the Apollo Eleven mission. So it all it plays out very very slowly, uh, in that in that it starts a couple of days before the mission starts. 
You see a lot of prep, all of the prep that the um, astronauts go through, all of the engineers doing all of their prep. Um, and then it goes through the whole mission as they go up, uh, as they go on the journey to the moon, the landing on the moon, getting off again, coming home and landing in the sea. Um, oh, that's amazing. And the, and the whole thing is done. There's no narration. The entire thing is told, just is put together just from actual footage. And it is phenomenal. So, so, oh, so, so exciting cool. and enjoyable. And it really feels like, it feels like you are watching the moon landing again. You know how it ends, um, but the tension is... <laughs> Wait, do they get back? Do they, <laughs> do they meet aliens on the moon? The, the, the what happens, Mike? The, the tension it builds is just incredible. And I'll talk a little bit more. Um, there is one scene in particular, which is where they're actually landing. They're actually landing on the surface of the moon. And, and there's no footage of this essentially because there's nothing to there's nothing to shoot. I think you get a you get a a tiny little look out one of the windows, but you can you can barely see anything. And the only thing the only other thing that they have on the screen is the countdown, the countdown for the oh, yeah. the, the minutes and seconds of fuel that they have left and right. the altitude. Oh yeah. The minutes and seconds is counting down, and it count, it's, it starts at about four minutes, I think. And the whole yeah. four minutes, they don't, you know, they don't speed anything up. They don't cut away. It's just four minutes, and all you're watching is the numbers number. on the altitude meter go down. Because if they are wow. not on zero at the end of the four minutes, they are fucked. Those people are dead. <laughs> and it goes down again. Down. And at the start, they're falling. At the start, they're dropping really quickly, um, naturally. But then they have to slow up, and then they have to pause. And you hear them talking. They're talking through it. And you hear them saying uh, it's it's something like they don't they don't have a good the, the landing spot that they thought would be all right was a little bit rocky, and so they have, they have to slow their descent until they spin a, until they travel a bit traverse a bit further around the moon and choose oh, yes. choose a different spot to and then re, to restart their descent, and all this okay. time the time is ticking down and all this time the voices that you hear these are dudes who this is life and death that if, if it, right if they if they land on a rock if they land on a slight incline and they can't they can't take off again directly vertically from from the surface they're screwed uh, they're dead in space um, wow and, and they land it's something like i think it's about eight or ten seconds that they've got to go when they land um it is absolutely breathtaking but listening to them talking it through and and the the calmness in their voice thinking you know you just you feel really connected to it it's i i cannot recommend watching apollo 11 enough um have you seen the ryan gosling film first man which is about neil armstrong it's no. about the apollo 11 mission um one of the things out of that that uh, i i remember i've seen it it's really good you should check it out but um Neil uh, Neil Armstrong was he was one of those first group of like steely-eyed missile men mm. that NASA had that were these test pilots and these just these hard as nails sharp as attack guys that and now men and women um, who who are the who make up the space program these highly competent highly capable people um, who are not only the smartest we have but some of the most physically fit specimens of people on the planet. Um, I would love to be an astronaut. Um, don't have the brains uh, or the physical constitution. But um, apparently Neil Armstrong, and they, they recreate it in the film, he, he crashed a plane. So he had to eject from a plane and uh, the plane crashes. And um, so there's a fiery wreck out in the desert. 
and they're out looking for Neil Armstrong. They can't find him. And then they find him back in the office at his desk filling in the paperwork for the fact that he's crashed this plane. And this is a real story, apparently. And everyone was like, Neil, you were in a plane crash. He says, yeah, but I didn't die. And I had to fill in this paperwork. And so every, the rest of us would just be traumatized for life about how we nearly died. No, Neil Armstrong, he was yeah. just filling in paperwork. Like, that's another day at the yeah. office. Talk to us. He, just he, goes knew, home. he knew the risk. He knew the risk. Yeah. Buzz. Yeah. And uh, I love um, Buzz Aldrin. Have you seen that internet? So obviously there's people out there who are mentally deranged um, and who desperately need medical attention, who believe that we faked this somehow. Um, and one there's, one there's one guy who stalked and harassed Buzz Aldrin. And this is in the last couple of years. So Buzz is now, he's got to be in his 80s. He's, he's an yeah. old guy. And um, he... He harassed Buzz Aldrin outside a, 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 a public event that Buzz Aldrin was at. And he was screaming at Buzz Aldrin to admit that they faked it and to admit that they had lied to the world. And he's in Buzz's face and Buzz is trying to get away from him and he's turning around and walking this way and walking that way and this guy just won't relent. Buzz Aldrin turns around and punches him in the face. <laughs> just straight up cold cocks this guy. And the guy just... It's like hand over his face like oh my god buzz aldrin hit me and the entire world just screamed in unison like, hit him again buzz yeah. hit him again good man <laughs> good man never um, stop punching him <laughs> never stop punching that guy in the face um <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's really cool man um my wife and i amy we went to the united states uh in 2016 and we were in the south. We flew into Houston and Dallas, and um, I insisted that we go to the Houston Space Center. Mm. Um, I remember you bought me a hat. Oh, that's right. I did too, from NASA. Um, and we went to Mission Control. So, yeah, I insisted we go. Amy was like, what is this? Why are we here? And I'm like, this is Mission Control. This is Houston. <laughs> There's a problem. Um, so, yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on. You want to talk about what some biopics? Oh, yeah. So I saw a few biopics this year. I think everyone did. So I saw two in particular. You would think everyone was, did, wouldn't you, Craig? Yeah, you'd think everyone did. I managed did. to not uh, see any. <laughs> How did you not see any biopics this year, man? All right. So I saw two. Um, one is Rocket Man, which is uh, the Elton John biopic, which was um, very good that Taron Egerton and Jamie Bell um, about the life and uh, the life and times of Sir Elton John. Um, mm. He did a lot of drugs. Directed by this chap called Dexter Fletcher. And if you haven't heard that name, that's fine. But he is the guy who was brought on board to fix Bohemian Rhapsody when Brian Singer was removed or disappeared from the production. Um, and watching watching Rocketman um, makes me just want them to remake Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a deeply flawed movie, wants me to let him loose again on Eddie the Eagle. Uh, sorry, not Eddie the Eagle, uh, on Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, it's actually a good movie. Uh, I don't know where you, how you stand or where, how you feel about Elton John, um, but yeah, it's a good movie. And the other one I saw um, was Judy, which is the Judy Garland biopic set around uh, her final concerts in London at the very tail end of her career, and it's it's the story of a of a fallen star who's um who's lost a bit of its tarnish, and she's still an amazing performer, but and she still has a lot a lot to say and do, but 
um, she, you know, this is, it's the same thing. She's she's got problems with drugs and alcohol, and and you know, it's she's led a life that's a little bit unusual. Um, but the real meat and potatoes of that film is the performance from Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. So she is so committed to that part, and she is so committed to that performance uh, that it's hard to tell where Judy is and where Renee is. It it's really quite stunning, um, and. Um, from a performance perspective like she deserves she deserves all the awards for that because she is phenomenal in that film Mm. um just a real tour de force like i cannot i cannot stress enough how good she is in that movie Uh, the movie itself has issues i mean it's a they're all still just remaking ray um which yeah so all those films are just they kind of feel like cookie cutters of Ray. Just insert your star here. Yeah. Um, Walk the line. Which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. It is what it is. I guess. I don't know how else you make a biopic, which is an argument you could make of Bohemian Rhapsody, which is an argument you can make of Rocket Man. Yeah. Um, I think the only difference is Rocket Man is the only one of these biopics where the star is still alive, yeah. as, as of the making of of this film. Um, I mean, certainly in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, um, with the exception of Eddie Mercury, I think the entire band is still around, and and obviously the bandmates come off very well in Bohemian Rhapsody. It's the same with um, Straight Outta Compton, the NWA biopic. Uh, one of those band members comes across as an absolute crazy person. They're the dead one, and the rest of them all come off quite well <laughs> and quite sane. So, Ice, um, Ice, and Dre, they they come off as saints <laughs> compared to like. Uh, easy anyway you want to talk about some tv that's come out this year tv's uh kind of thing as well it's been a bit of tv come out this year yeah pretty good tv too i guess um i mean you can't talk about 2019 and not talk about game of thrones season eight i guess oh, can we i don't think we need to say much it ended yeah <laughs> lots, lots yep. been said on that uh, you've been going a little bit old school in fact so have i yeah yeah we've been watching uh the american office and parks and rec yeah yeah how have you enjoyed that uh american office uh i i got it the first time i tried to watch it i was too offended that it wasn't it was too different from the british office which i was a big right. was and still am a big fan of um i mean yeah so i i gave it another crack this year and i i, I wound up watching the entire thing and it's i mean it's it's tight if you if it if you don't see it as anything more than a sitcom it's, okay it's tight it's got it's got all the archetypes that you want it's got the the arrogant guy the buffoon the um the office bitch um you know the 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 vacant vacant young girl um so it's and it's 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 tight it's well written well acted um it gets better too like i think season one with the office at least they they try really hard to stick to the uk format so yeah they they do that it's really just the uk office with american accents right um yeah slightly slightly better looking cast um and then but season two and season three uh they they break that down and they reinvent it and then they kind of american sitcom eyes it yeah they, but they, in a really 
but in a really good way. They bright they brighten it up. They light it like they a, do. They light it like a normal sitcom instead of instead they do. of like a like a drab mockumentary. A drab yep. mockumentary like it's a real office. They light they light it up and then they they allow the characters to be a bit larger than life. They do. Dwight 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 becomes yep. bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. Um, Michael and, and more buffoonish. Yeah, because he starts off quite. He starts off quite menacing. Yeah. I remember him being like almost, you know, um, a little bit scary. Um, and he is still pretty scary. I mean, at one point he's walking around the office with a gun on his, yeah. on his hip. It becomes, yeah, it becomes a bit, it becomes a bit more ridiculous, a bit more absurd yeah. rather than down. I mean, all those shows do, right? They all become a bit more absurd. Um, and yeah, Michael gets, he's a little bit more, you know, they, 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 they have to tone him down from the David, David Brent who, who, it's it's inevitable that he is fired within two seasons of the show, but Michael yep. they Michael they have to give him make him a little bit more redeeming to make it con- even conceivable that he stays on as long as he does. I had a boss who I I likened very um, unfavorably to David Brent. It's upon a time. yeah, it's it's always as a manager myself. It's always in the back of your mind. Is this a, uh, yeah, you don't want to be a David. Is Brent. this a potential yeah. David Brent moment? Um, this this manager of mine um, in particular, um, uh, this is about ten or fifteen years ago, or ten years ago, I guess. Um, he would just he would come out with the David Brentisms, I suppose. But we, I won't drop his name. But he would come out with these turns of phrase that were wildly inappropriate at times. Um, so I stood around after an office move. He was stood around trying to get back into the old office, and somehow or other, that was my fault, and I needed to. I needed to come and, and arrange access to the old office because he had some furniture movers there. And um, so he stood on the phone and, um, and I'm driving back to the office because I was at lunch and he's he's on the phone and he's yelling at me down the phone. Like I've stood around, I can't remember the exact wording, so I'll apologize in advance. And just, just so everyone knows, this is his words, not mine. Um, he, he stood there on the phone and he had an audience. He said, I'm stood around like a spare cock at a brothel in an orgy doing nothing and uh, <laughs> and i was just like jesus dude like who who are you with for a start and is that even appropriate to say to anyone so yeah not not a, not a particularly uh, good boss but, oh well, <laughs> certainly not for me anyway yeah yeah but i, I really uh, amy and i binged the u.s office this year and we really enjoyed it the jim and pam relationship was good and they, they did things um, in the final season that was kind of interesting and you didn't know how it was going to end, um, which was nice. I, I really liked it. It's Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good show. And, and Parks and Rec is obviously the same show, the same some of the same creative team behind The Office are yeah. responsible for Parks and Rec. Um, and they just don't even bother to explain the mockumentary style of it. So... Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, the office is presented as a, a they're making a documentary about an office. So you have a lot of characters talking to camera, mm. um, like they are being interviewed post um, event, and they offer commentary. So there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. Uh, but in Parks and Rec, they don't even bother to explain why that's happening. Yeah, they modern modern family modern family does that as well. I think okay. the office was a, the office really. Paved, paved the way for that it's also it's a reality tv style as well to just occasionally yeah. jump to your characters uh you know who are, yeah, re- who are real offering. people talking yeah. to the camera in that, in that confessional style so it's it's i think it's it's interesting that as an audience now we accept fictional characters talking directly to us 
as if as if they're real people and we're quite we're quite happy with that that's fine. we're quite happy with that yeah yeah um the guy from the office so pretty much everyone in the office has gone on to have post office careers um well some more than others but um jim halpert what's what's his name he's obviously behind um oh the don't make a sound film with the monsters that track you by sound he's a really solid director mm. um krasinski. and um krasinski uh, he's also in the 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 new um show on prime uh the, the jack um jack ryan yeah i think it's called jack ryan um so yeah he's gone on to do heaps um the pam um i forget her name too um, jenna fisher and jenna fisher uh and the office bitch um they have a podcast called the office girls um which is really good to listen to as well really? and they talk about yeah um amy listens to it I, I keep meaning to pick it up but they talk about um they talk about all the the episodes and the filming and and they, they break it down um i think and so, she's her name's actually angela isn't it like a lot of the a lot of I, the cast use their actual names that's right i think her real name is angela and her name is angela um, phyllis, um, yeah phyllis's name is phyllis because phyllis does phyllis voices sadness in um inside out oh of course right jennifer sure yeah um i think you're right actually uh so it's so today's 15th of december i think we're gonna we're gonna release this pretty soon but we've got so stuff that's coming up so we've got last jedi uh star wars movie coming out how are you feeling about that pretty good um i'm pretty sure at this point john boyega and daisy ridley could just read an excerpt from the newspaper for two hours over and over and over and the whole world would turn up to watch yeah. it so you could slap you could slap star wars on a film about uh, mold growing on the wall on the walls star wars the mold story and people would turn out to watch it so yeah i think amy and i are going to go see that opening weekend i don't know about opening night um but yeah we'll see how that goes i mean they've got jj abrams back um after the the last jedi which polarized people i liked it i don't know what everybody else is complaining about my childhood was not ruined because luke skywalker may or may not have died at the end of it like i don't know what people complain about it took took some it took some risks it was about it did it subverted some expectations yeah i mean the first film the the first jj aaron's uh the i can't even remember what episode eight was called now um or episode seven what was it called Uh, Eh. i can't remember force awakens force awakens um the force awakens is really just star wars again with a with a with a really took zero risks registered registered big zero on the risk meter except for except for spoiler alert killing a beloved character from the original series oh okay and that was fine but i i'm pretty sure that was the price of getting harrison ford back involved right like harrison ford wanted han solo to die all the way back in return of the jedi really? yeah like that's been an ongoing thing with him and that character he's like i want this character to die and he finally got his wish <laughs> so i'm pretty sure when they back the truck with the billions of dollars and in, in potential profits up to the door of his you know his la mm. condo or whatever he lives in promised to buy him another plane that he could crash um he could he he said yeah i'll do it but only if you kill the character so So, uh so coming um, up for the podcast so we got a christmas we got a christmas special that's going to come out before christmas hopefully Um, yes starring a beloved actor we'll say no we're not gonna we're not gonna reveal (laughs) that you'll have to you'll have to wait and see that and uh we've got a 
directed by one of my favorite film directors so and we got a we got a big long list of movies to pick off in the new year as well um i thought i might just might just drop drop a couple uh drop a couple because this is the question yeah. that i get asked most often when when i tell people i do a, i do a podcast and that's what it's about they say what are the Wait, movies you've done you tell people we do I, a podcast i have told a few people i have to, I, I let it slip at the work christmas party so a lot of my work colleagues a lot you of know, my work colleagues are now listening to I, this so i need to clear up my language a bit <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I, I went to a, a live recording of my favorite podcast, which uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump it here, uh, the Cracked Podcast. Um, so I went to the live recording of that with Alex Schmidt, and I, I stood around afterwards and shook Alex Schmidt's hand um, and told him, without gushing too much, how amazing I thought the Cracked Podcast was. And I plugged our podcast while I was there. He was like, "Does anyone here have a podcast?" And I was hey. like, "Hand in the air, I have a podcast." <laughs> And then I told people what yeah. it was, and I said, I, "I'm ashamed to say it's just another podcast about movies on the internet." So, as if there weren't enough of those. So, so yeah. speaking of, speaking of we Star are. Wars, we were talking we were talking just beforehand, and we thought maybe we would we would have a crack at one of the Star Wars, maybe one, maybe something outside. I don't know. We could do um, could do uh, Force Awakens. Oh, not Force Awakens, but um, we could do Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Uh, or we could do one of the spin-offs. Yeah. We could do Rogue One or. Or Solo. I like, I like Rogue, Rogue One. One as well. Solo as well. I like Rogue One more than I like Solo. Um, and I, I think we'd have a plenty to talk about with Rogue One. But yeah, sure, why not? Let's do one of them. So some other ones, some other ones we've got on our list. Uh, we talked about doing, we did talk about doing Dragonheart. Which I, I really oh want to go back and Dragon watch Dragonheart Heart again. Um, I, I imagine those special effects would be very hard to watch now. Yes, potentially. Um, speaking of special <laughs> effects that are hard to watch, we had Alien Three on our list. Oh yes, um, just unrelated. But um, I listened. There's a podcast. Uh, sorry, not a podcast. Um, but unrelated, but related to Alien Three. Um, did you know that William Gibson, famed sci-fi cyberpunk author, wrote a film script treatment for Alien Three? You must I did do not right. Know that. Okay, well he did. So um, and the script for that's floating around. So obviously Alien Three is a David Fincher film and. Uh, it'd be a great one for the podcast because how that movie got from ink to blink is um is quite a journey um and david fincher does the best he can do with what he's got um but william gibson wrote a screenplay um at a time when they wanted to minimize ripley's involvement um so it's more about newt and hicks Mm. than it is about ripley which is kind of weird but um that has been dramatized into a audiobook that you can download from audible uh plug for audible.com please give us some sponsorship money um and uh i i've listened to that and it's <laughs> but it's <laughs> thanks, thanks for telling us that craig so you're welcome so you're welcome you i saved you i saved you so some we got money. some we got so, so we got some sci-fi we got some fantasy natch um we also got what else we got we got um the greatest showman we got oh my god hidden, yeah hidden figures yeah we got some yep we got some. We got some more Oscar winners. We got Gladiator. We got Braveheart. Um, oh yes. which we could. We've we got could some not Oscar on. winners. Predator Two. <laughs> Predator Two. Um, hey, we got um, <laughs> we got Australia. Maybe we could do that for for Australia Day next year. Um, oh yeah, we totally should. Australia. Australia Day. Yeah, we should do that. Australia. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> put it in your put it in your Holden Commodore and drink some VB. We've got so, the yeah. entire Hobbit trilogy oh that that should be a, that should be a, a, a multi-part podcast episode we should watch all three and then release three part part one part two part three of the hobbit 
um, and then we should make it somehow or other go longer than the films oh, and the book man. would. That would so, be a, that would be a real undertaking. That's yeah. um, it's it's nine hours of film to watch those three three Hobbit movies. You could read the book in less time than nine <laughs> hey, hours. The book is an afternoon um, movie. Someone was talking to me about someone uh, I was telling about the podcast said we should do that is on our list. Monuments Men. Oh I'm yeah, actually. Monuments Men. I watched that very very high on prescription uh, pain relief medication and it was garbage I've, then too so yeah, i've just bolded i've just bolded monuments that. men i want to give, I want to give <laughs> that a go um that is that is an interesting interesting movie with boatloads of talent yeah. and i don't know yeah okay yeah it's definitely something we should so lots about. more movies um another movie with boatloads of talent that we should watch and talk about is time cop that movie is amazing. Time Cop. I don't think is that on the list. Should we add it should it? be. I may have just put right, it there. I've, I've just added it. Oh, we're both adding it. We're both editing this Google Doc at the same time. Um, the King's Speech. That's another uh, another Oscar winner. Oh yeah. Another Oscar winner that we've yep, got on our list. I don't know, how are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to say about the King's Speech. That seemed that movie seems pretty tight to me. Is that, did you did you put that? Oh, on I there? don't know. Maybe. Okay, so lots of lots of movies are always open to suggestions of movies to do um if you ever want to get in touch you can reach out to us reach out to us on twitter or on facebook um uh, we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear suggestions we got uh, lots more movies to do we're really looking forward to swinging more uh, into this podcast next year um and hey last of all thank you all for listening uh we really we you know yeah, we appreciate, thanks. appreciate people listening to this we really we, we started doing this as a couple of men of a certain age where men tend to just kind of stop hanging out and we thought yeah we thought, hey you know we we wanted a reason to get together and to keep in touch so that's why yeah. we did it uh, so, so having people listening, having people listening is a real bonus. We thought we just thought this is this is an area where 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 Craig and I had complementary complementary experience, skill sets, complementary skill sets. Yeah. Um. So, uh, if you're if you're a repeat listener, thank you for coming back. We're really glad you we're really glad you enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks, listener. You do well. We do this really for our own personal reasons. Um. But the fact that you come back to hear what we have to say about some beloved films is really important to yeah. us. So have a have a Merry Christmas. I think that was all we wanted to cover, and we've gone a bit over time, so we should wrap this up. Anything else you want to add, Craig? No. Thanks for being my co-host there, oh, Mike. Oh, you're welcome, Craig. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. Always, mate. All right. So, uh, yeah, like and subscribe. Comment. Uh, give us some suggestions, as Mike's already alluded to. And uh, we'll probably see you or hear from you in the new cool. year. Cool. All right. All right. See you next time. Bye, okay. everyone. See you, folks. Bye.